2: Wednesday on the Horn, V&E with you, back at it. After a few days off. Recap the good, the bad, and the ugly from when we last spoke. What's gone down, including Bucky celebrating a birthday back on Thursday. Happy birthday to the Buck. Also on Saturday, in addition to NBA free agency and all the money handed out, it was uh, Bobby Bonilla Day, Buck. Bobby Bonilla connected. Picked up his check again. Collected his uh, $1.2 million of annual mailbox money. From now the you can you go on vacation.
1: Now you can go on vacation. Yeah. Man. And uh, he's you know he,
2: he wins at his house every every July first. When that, when is that uh, thing
1: in thirty two?
2: It's only like, um or four. Thirty thirty four five. Or it is. I'll, I'll let you know. He's God. got uh, he's got uh, twelve years left. Twelve years left on that deal. Thirteen point one million to go to pay him out. Um, he got a
1: good deal. Like Allen Iverson and his buddies, that kept his money from him.
2: <laughs> every July first from twenty eleven through twenty thirty five will be Bobby Bonilla day. And I heard somebody say or tweet, they should do like a Bobby Bonilla bobblehead event every July 1st at the stadium. <laughs> come get your Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. get something out of your $1.2 One pitch. I want that start deal. Start the game. That's what we all strive for, I believe, is mailbox money. Mailbox money. Just checks that show up yeah, or direct deposit. You know what I'm saying? That was Saturday. Uh, so it was a busy one for sure. And we mentioned the, uh, the bad day at ESPN on Friday when they cut up to upwards of 20 air talents. I didn't mention Steve Young. Was cut loose, so I think Still does young. a great job young. on the NFL coverage. Keyshawn Johnson is out. Susie Culber, like twenty seven years. What's what? Susie Culber ever do? Twenty seven years at ESPN out. Todd McShay, the draft analyst, gone. They kicked. It. They t- no more Todd. Todd. Todd.
1: No, no, more, Todd, no Todd, more Todd. 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 Nope.
2: Mac. Uh, oh. You know Mel
0: Kuiper's in. Are they going to replace all these people, or is it just going to be like I mean, hey, you are have- working more?
2: Well, I, I mean, they, I, when, when you watch some of their pregame shows, they got like eight people up there. It doesn't take that many to analyze one football game. They just slide somebody game. else in, yeah. yeah. They just, or just do it with seven.
1: Here they do. They slide them in for less money.
2: Yeah, they're, they're cutting. As cord cutting continues and people go more and more to streaming services and whatnot, uh, Gene Wojciechowski out, too. He was a great college game day correspondent, one of the best. David Pollock out. Uh, so, you know, those those are all very talented people who will find work elsewhere elsewhere you would imagine. But uh, not at ESPN uh, is not where they will be. So that was a rough day. Jeff Van Gundy as well. But uh, Max Kellerman, you see quite a bit on all the shows. All oh, the boxing. Yeah, who started with the boxing coverage. He was let so go that, on Friday. Uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Is That that show's over. Is J. Will still there? Uh, I don't see him as part of the cut list, but, you know. That show sucked anyways. You know. We're usually on the we're on the air when that show was happening, so I never really got a chance to. It was on TV in the morning. Some mornings mm-hmm. so we'd have it on the right channel. We could see that. Also on Saturday, what you missed? Do you know that in addition to four new schools joining the Big Twelve—Central Florida, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati, um, Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA—all joined the American Conference. That happened officially on July the first. Uh, Conference USA added Jackson, Jacksonville State, Liberty, New Mexico State, and Sam Houston. So Sam Houston, not Jackson
1: uh, State, but Jacksonville State, right? Jacksonville
2: correct? State, The Gamecocks, yeah. right? Oh, if you say so. I think so. Uh, Liberty, New Mexico State, and Sam Houston. So with Sam Houston now officially to the to the FBS level, there are now thirteen teams in the state of Texas that play at the FBS level of college football. Sam Houston State, the latest, or they don't like to be called state anymore. It's just Sam Houston. Just call them Sam Houston down there in Huntsville. So that all happened. And of course, next year on July the first, the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners will officially join the Southeastern Conference, in July 1 of 2024. i,
1: I got to believe that, you know, Yormark is making himself getting ready for a basketball maneuver. Brett
2: Yormark? Yeah. yeah we'll, uh, oh, that, he's
1: going to basketball this thing. Well, that'll be a own... huge conversation one yeah. week
2: from today at the Big 12 Media Days is, remember, one of the big stories of the weekend that, that we're coming into, out of, out of and into, is the... Uh, San Diego State situation. Remember San Diego State informed the Mountain West Conference they were leaving the conference. And now, kind of like George Costanza in a classic episode of Seinfeld, they want back in. They're like, oh no, we didn't did we really we didn't quit. We didn't quit.
1: Hey, we have no place to go. <laughs> which
2: again, I think they were dropping out to try to join the Pac twelve, and now the Pac 12s in limbo still because they don't yeah. have a media rights deal. And there's a lot of people, including yours truly, who believe the Pac twelve is about to crumble because I think Colorado and Arizona are looking elsewhere, which would be Big 12. Um, I think, you know, the Big 10 is waiting on the opportunity to add Oregon, Washington, maybe Stanford uh, to go with USC and UCLA. And that's pending. Yeah. So the Mountain West, as a conference, claims that San Diego State has already left. Now, San Diego State and they owe an exit fee. And San Diego State said, no, 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 no. We didn't leave. We Whoa. don't owe all this money. We, What do
1: you mean? had a fee to pay to?
2: What do you mean? I, did, they, were they, did they have a place to go? I think they were trying they were to thinking. make themselves available to the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 was trying to add schools way too late. It was the Big 12 who acted quickly when Texas and Oklahoma bolted, and they... You know, went and added Central Florida and Cincinnati, and you know the schools that have joined. They had Houston. a
1: dream out there in the in the pack that they were going to be a part of the well,
2: Pac-12. And, you know, but it's been widely reported; it's not just me saying it. That Brett Yormark and the Big Twelve have had conversations with Colorado, and they've had conversations with the leaders at Arizona, and they are certainly interested in adding. You know, to to have those schools added when big when officially Texas and Oklahoma depart. That you, you know, instead of dropping back to 12 teams... Well, if there was anybody
1: hesitating, then San Diego would jump right in on yes. that chance. So if anybody hesitates to come to the Big 12... I
2: mean, if you read between the lines of the San Diego State story, they were trying to make themselves available to the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 hasn't invited them yet. So now to, their, to to the date that you have to pay this exit fee, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> well
1: we don't I don't think we chat. meant that.
2: We really didn't mean it. <laughs> and so there's a big meeting coming up on July 17th where they're going to try to decide how this plays out. Do, do we want them back in the Mountain West? Mountain West saying you owe us all this money. Oh, yeah, that's, that is a George Costanza-level mess uh, there. But I do think it all plays in line with the Pac-12 and its dysfunctionality right now that, it doesn't have a media rights deal that everyone no. will agree to, because the rights are not enough. And you know, Brett Yormark and the Big Twelve, you know, next week is big, our Big Twelve Media Days, and I think there's be a lot of questions about what's coming there.
1: I don't because, think there'll be a question about what they're trying to do in basketball with Houston joining and Cincinnati. Well, and Brett wow. Yormark
2: has made no secret that he would like to make the Big Twelve the the like the SEC is in football, mm-hmm. make that the Big Twelve that in basketball, and have a dominant basketball you know conference that they can sell as a package itself like just sell the basketball sure. package to a network or a streaming service to get the rights to Big 12 basketball and make it its own its own revenue stream and entity uh that's that's powerful and of course and when you already have the likes of Kansas and here comes Houston and um you know can I mentioned the Jayhawks but they, yeah there's some talks with Gonzaga there's been talks with UConn on the East Coast, who just won the national championship. So, yes, a lot could come out next week at Big 12 Media Days. Uh, at least he'll be asked about it, because Brett Yormark will be there making the rounds and be a lot of people asking him those questions. In addition to the four new schools and, you know, what's coming, but also what's to come will be a big question for the leader of the Big 12, who's been very aggressive since taking over for yes, Bob Wolfe. Yes, he Holes, has. Which I think is a good thing. Hey, let's get to the headlines, the other trending topics of your busy Wednesday morning as you launch your work week. UBL Business Services, we'll get more of this in our coaches' corner coming up, but Texas football's Steve Sarkeesian and the Horns kept the recruiting fireworks going yesterday on Independence Day as they added their fifth commitment in the last six days for the class of 2024. Houston Langham Creek tight end Jordan Washington is the latest name to commit to the Longhorns. He chose Texas over Alabama. Texas A&M and Arizona State, 6'4", 225-pound senior to be, joins four Metroplex area commitments in the last several days. North Richland Hills offensive lineman Daniel Cruz was the first last Thursday. Lucas Lovejoy, four-star wide receiver Parker Livingstone, committed to Texas on Saturday. Duncanville offensive lineman and Longhorn legacy Alex January committed over the weekend as well. And uh, the the other being IMG Academy defensive back Jordan johnson Ruben. He is a Fort Worth native. They all committed since July 1st, bringing the Longhorns' 2024 recruiting class to 12 pledges so far. Also, a developing story on that recruiting front, 24-7 sports projected yesterday that five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo from St. Louis, Missouri, will become the Longhorns' 13th commitment potentially in the class of 2024 that Wingo is leaning towards Texas. He's six two two zero five, a top 25 national receiving prospect. Big recruiting news from College Station yesterday as well. Texas A&M earned the commitment from five-star wide receiver Cameron Coleman from Phoenix City, Alabama. Six three hundred eighty pounder gives Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies their seventh blue chip commitment in the past two weeks. NBA free agency, the period opened on Saturday, uh, right ahead of Saturday, in Friday into Saturday. Since Saturday, teams in the league have handed out nearly $2 billion in new contracts. That includes the Dallas Mavericks, who re-signed their point guard Kyrie Irving on a new three-year deal. The Rockets, Inc. former Toronto star Fred Van Vliet to a huge three-year contract. Houston also signed former Memphis forward Dylan Brooks. Uh, and out of Portland, the Trailblazers star guard Damian Lillard has officially requested a trade out of the great Northwest. Multiple reports indicate he wants to go to the Miami Heat. Early word that the Blazers are working to make that deal happen. Baseball. Coming out of their three out of four series win in Arlington over the weekend against the Rangers. Banged up Houston Astros suffered their latest injury blow yesterday when Jose Altuve was hurt during batting practice. Undisclosed what the injury is. He was scratched from their lineup yesterday in their series opener with Colorado. But Houston plowed through and beat the Rockies 4-1. to one. Rookie Gray Kessinger hit his first career home run. Fellow rookie Corey Jolks had a four-hit day. Uh, to lead the Astros to the win, Brandon Belak was really good on the mound. First place Rangers they regroup for the series opening win in Boston, six to two. Mitch Garver hit a three run homer. Dane Dunning pitched six solid innings. Texas still owns a three game lead over Houston. In the AL West. And how about the uh, LA Angels yesterday lost three of their best players uh, to injury. Mike Trout and Shohei Ohtani. Also, uh, Alex Rendon, or Anthony Rendon, their third baseman, all got hurt. It was uh, Mike Trout suffering a broken hamate bone, swinging the bat there in his hand. He'll be out several weeks. Shohei is dealing with a blister on his pitching hand. And Rendon was hurt as well. Uh, The three highest priced Angels all hurt on the same day.
1: This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com.
2: Yeah, that was not good for the uh, LA Angels. No,
1: that's a bad day. <laughs> that's, that's a, a bad. very, very bad day. And and how in the heck is is there? Does Texas A&M have a quarterback in the fold that is an unbelievable quarterback? Yeah, well, yeah I mean, they've
2: got the five-star kid from Houston last year, Corey uh, okay. Connor Wiegman, Connor Wiegman, who is likely to be the starting quarterback this year for for Texas State. He play, finished up last year, looked looked good, looked the part of a of a top end. So they're getting
1: these top wide receivers too. Also, I mean, they've got two of the tops in the country going there. Yeah, and I was thinking maybe they. They, they didn't already get
2: have Evan Stewart. The kid who was the top yeah. receiver in the state of Texas last year. And you get him to quit smoking weed. You no, know, Jimbo's got to get a lot of things.
1: Yeah, and he's got to get a lot straight. But I mean, organized. to get two more wide receivers, I was thinking maybe they have, maybe they've already recruited somebody that's in the fold, ready to go for the next couple of years. Well,
2: Weigman is there, Quinn Yours, right? Quinn, he's he's five yeah. stars, big time player.
1: This will be his. He'll be a sophomore, correct? Yeah.
2: And Max Johnson is still there, but most people who follow the Aggies would tell you, if back if, if Weigman doesn't win the job, something's wrong. Because we know what Ma- we know what Max Johnson is. Right. We saw him at LSU. We saw him last year at Texas. He's a good backup. He's exactly what you want in that position. Sure. But at the same time, Wiegman's the five star kid with the high ceiling. Again, if he doesn't end up your starting quarterback, and you know, coming out of the, the, according to Jimbo Fisher, there wasn't a lot of separation coming out of spring. That I mean, a lot of people thought Max Johnson outplayed Wiegman in the spring. But you know, again, everybody expects Wiegman to be the guy. Um, but yes, Jimbo Fisher's brought in Bobby Petrino. I mean, that's one of the most interesting storylines of college football this year is how that goes. You know, that's one of those things that Jimbo Fisher's called his own plays for so long. Remember with Tom Herman? Remember Tom Herman? Is he calling the plays or not? Who's calling the plays? I think you could have that scenario with Bobby and Bobby Petrino's a hard headed guy too. He's not oh, yeah. coming in there to not call the plays and run the offense. And he's not
1: there just to be the coordinator of the offense. Yeah,
2: I mean that but so we'll see how those two if it goes if everything's going good and a And M's scoring points, then it'll be good. If things start to falter, you no, know, that's when it faltered for Tom Herman here in Austin. Like, uh oh, I mean, who's calling? Who's actually calling these plays? <laughs> well, that became a debate uh, for him at times. And uh, yeah, so that that is going on with the recruiting on
1: well, they they need football front for them offensively. They need to recoup a little bit. They need to to have a a decent year. I don't think they're a a ten win uh, team or a nine win team. They may be eight wins. But they needed to recoup and recoup East from some of the, the crap that happened to their football team altogether.
2: Oh, they had no – I mean, they had issues oh, yeah. across the board, uh, off the field. It felt like Jimbo Fisher lost control of that, right. that locker room last year, he obviously. Is,
1: he has to get control of his team.
2: Correct. Without they'll they'll figure
1: it out offensively.
2: By the way, uh, in the game with the Angels – Forty-four percent of their forty-man payroll left the game with injuries. Or the, as far as the money goes, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, and Shohei Otani, those three combined to make about a hundred million bucks. The Rangers of the Angels payroll all got hurt after the eighth inning in their game yesterday. That's not good. Uh, but promise you, the Houston Astros aren't going to feel sorry for no. anybody right now because they suffered a Jose Altuve injury. That, if you heard Dusty Baker yesterday before their game with Colorado, didn't sound good. I mean, you can tell Dusty's just tired of guys getting hurt. He's like. Geez, Luis! Another injury. You can't keep anybody in their lineup at this point, and uh, pitching staff's been been beat up. They also, by the way, the Astros ruled that Michael Brantley shut down. Like they're not even. You know, Does he play?
1: Actually, play for them? I
2: don't, it's a story because it keeps being talked about. But no, I don't expect to see Michael Brantley with that surgically repaired shoulder anytime soon. You know, we we kind of thought the same with with the uh, Lance McCullers. He he's going to have to have another had another operation. He won't come back this year. You already lost Luis Garcia um it's it's not good uh with the houston injuries. so rangers look like the healthiest team they, they lost jacob de but other than that the rangers are sending six to the all-star game the entire infield are rangers essentially next week in seattle so uh they look like the team to beat in that division and, and that was not good news for the angels yesterday hey let's dive into our coach's corner first time this week on a wednesday let's hit it audio visual consultations and tom mckay the really smart
1: guys who never make you feel stupid Here's a coaching tip. It's now shark. They don't have shark week. They have shark month, like pride month. They have shark month. Yeah. Don't go in there with them. No matter how they, the numbers that they tell you that sharks, you know, your, you know, your chances of being bit by a shark are like being hit by lightning. Don't do that. Don't even, don't go in there with them. That's their home. E. You don't, there's no reason for you to be in their home. <laughs> That's where they live. But, yeah. I don't invite them to my house.
2: Not a big ocean guy. No. I'm trying to think where I saw the video. There was, a like, people were swimming, and you see this fin. It looked like something out of a movie. Where was that? I saw that on the news last night. Oh, man. Get me out of here. Uh, Don't need sharks up in here. Um, Hey, Buck, yesterday Joey Chestnut ate 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes. 18,414 calories in 10 minutes. 18,000. That's all. But Joey Chestnut is uh, now the most dominant professional eater of all time. He's won that event sixteen out of the last seventeen years.
1: So his insides are not normal like ours. Can't be, right?
2: It's uh, incredible that he's like in shape. Joey Chestnut also. Well, this is a, he trains for this. Like this is we can joke about it.
1: Oh no! I'm yeah. I'm sure he just doesn't wake I up in the call morning. Him and A start professional slamming.
2: athlete, but he's an eater. He eats at the highest level of anyone. You know, he also owns the record for most hard-boiled eggs eaten. On 141 in eight minutes. So oh, that was Cool Hand Luke. Glazed mm-hmm. donuts. Think about eating glazed donuts. He ate 55 glazed donuts in eight minutes at one point, this dude.
1: My teeth would start falling out. I'm going to run through this. You
2: tell me which one would be the most difficult. I think glazed donuts are the winner. But pulled pork sandwiches, he ate 45 in 10 minutes. Taco Bell soft shell tacos, once ate 53 in a 10-minute period.
1: Now, when he gets to the hard shell, now we're talking.
2: Big Macs at McDonald's. Big (laughs) Macs ate 32 in 38 minutes.
1: And he's not dead. The guy dude is still alive. That'll do it right there.
2: This is one I might be able to do: 25 twenty-five and a half ice cream sandwiches in six minutes. No, that's I love that's ice tough. cream sandwiches. we too good. That's a lot of sugar. 25? Wouldn't you just go into like anaphylactic shacks? chocolate shack right there with all the sugar, pepperoni rolls like a double Dave's forty-three in ten minutes. He's the man. This guy is like the Jack Nicholas of eating.
1: Just they just keep paying him, right? <laughs> yes. Does he do anything for free?
2: Yes, I don't know. They he makes money. He he wins. He wins the prize money, which isn't a ton. But he, as we said, he's got all these endorsement deals. He's making like half a million bucks a year in endorsement. And
0: I've seen videos where he'll go out to those restaurants that have like food challenges. And yeah, just, they just
2: him. slap people yeah. around.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you could try to challenge him. But no. that would be like trying to play Tiger Woods at his no. prime in golf. You know what I'm saying? You're just not going to win. He's going to humiliate you. You remember that dude. show,
0: Man vs. Food? I remember it. I don't think I ever watched it. Really? That guy, that guy was not an athlete. And he failed like almost every time. But he tried to
2: win food challenges at restaurants.
0: Yeah, that was deal? yeah. He would go across the country, different food challenges. But I'm pretty sure he had to stop because he was having some health issues. Yeah, it? Was,
1: yeah. Some <laughs> people was, are going to have health he, issues. He with was that, a little bit yes. of a
0: bigger rounder fella.
2: Well, looking at Joey Chestnut, you have to—he's uh, he, in pretty good shape. So outside of his competitions, he eats probably but pretty normally. Look at
0: Kobe when he was in his prime, he was like 120 pounds. I don't know how you
2: train for that. Somebody can tell me, but that—I don't know.
0: You got to um, eat. I think you got to like. I mean, expand, you got to eat that much food a lot. You got to expand your stomach. Yeah,
2: you don't just run 26 miles. It's like the opposite of lap band surgery. (laughs) Yeah. You got to expand your stomach and have it, and you got to be able to eat really fast. I mean, you're just inhaling food essentially. It's not just about the quantity of food; it's how quickly that he's doing it. Got to be a
1: hell of a swallower. Oh my gosh! We learned. We learned
2: while you were out last week that Ty was a professional beer guzzler, and it's great. He probably still is, but he's not as prime. I I busted it out this weekend. (laughs) He busted it back again. (laughs) Brought it back. Oh, that's too good. Yeah, he's he he is uh, he's undefeated as a uh, beer beer shotgunner. Really? Oh yeah, big time.
1: Do you do the? uh, No one's ever beaten you.
0: Well, I I prefer if you, can you do give a picture,
1: me... a pitcher, just oh, stood yeah. it up there and just go at oh, it,
0: Aggie style. Yeah, I used to tear all my friends from A and used to challenge them, be like, Oh yeah, when because they do the ring dunk there, and I was like, I bet I can do it faster than you. And you, this is this is your thing in oh, college? Awesome. Station. I prefer Otherwise. out of a cup though, but shotgunning, yeah.
1: shotgunning a pitcher of beer. Oh man.
2: Okay, well, there you go. Uh, I hope your breakfast is, is going yeah, down really. smoothly today uh, to get your work week underway on this Wednesday, 5 July. We mentioned the Longhorns active on the recruiting trail. Could be more to come. I would say this for Steve Sarkeesian in our coach's corner. We'll pick this up coming up. But there's, there's certainly a plan, right? They, they take their time. They're deliberate. And then June comes, and they try to bring these big recruiting weekends where the staff gets to really roll out the carpet and then make their case. With a lot of time with the family, and past two summers, this is when the majority of the class comes in is July, after their two big recruiting weekends, and obviously last year was Arch Manning, which led to uh, just a slew of commitments that followed Arch, and this year they're up to 12 now. There's reports of a potential 13 with the kid Ryan Wingo from St. Louis, the wide receiver, so we'll keep you posted, but Sark and his staff certainly have a plan on the recruiting trail uh, of how they're going to operate, and... Uh, you know, and the other thing that we know with Sark is they're willing to go coast to coast and get in battles with anybody uh for any of the top players. They don't they don't mind mixing it up, and that's probably a good thing when you're headed into the Southeastern Conference, which is you know, the Longhorns have had the number one recruiting class in the Big Twelve like every year for a long time, and that hasn't led to wins. If you look at their ranking right now, Buck in the SEC, it's like eighth. Yes. Now they're joining a conference where that's where the top ten recruiting classes are every year. Georgia and Alabama, Texas A&M.
1: Plus, there are a bunch of them that win.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that's everything you do has to improve and continue to improve when you join that conference. That's obvious. And that's why this football season, which is now 59 days away, becomes so important. you got to prove you can win, right?
1: Or you it, will be like 8th and 7th yeah. in Mississippi State and Mississippi. That's, that's right. where you'll be.
2: That's exactly right. Um, no doubt about that. So we'll pick that up on the other side. Also, uh, Props to Austin FC. They didn't beat Inter Miami on Saturday, but I do think everything I've read about the hiring of Rodolfo Burrell as their sporting director to replace Claudio Reyna is a home run hire. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up, of what their new. Essentially, if you don't, in soccer, this would be the equivalent of your general manager. Mm-hmm. This is your, you know, you have a coach who runs the soccer team, but you're, this is your, runs the whole operation. Uh, they have brought in Rafael Burrell. They have announced that on Friday. And remember, today is July 5th. That's when the uh, transfer window period opens. Yep. Remember, every other major league around the world is off now. Only the MLS is playing soccer right now, which is why you'll see transfers in July because all the other leagues are done. So if if players want to move from another league in the world uh, to the MLS, now is the time to do it. Uh, So that's why they wanted to get Rafael Borrell in place for this window. So this is the team in Austin FC that – most expect them to be pretty active here in this transfer. Yeah, market. they still
1: need a spark. They're still kind of yeah. blah.
2: yeah. This there there could be movement, and they wanted the general manager in place to be able to oversee any moves that are made here in the coming coming days and weeks because the the window opens today uh, around the world. All right, we'll come back and hit that. Also on the football side of things, uh, eating side of things, baseball side of things, we're loaded on a Wednesday. It's Benning. It's Bucky and Aaron. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. There's a picture that went viral over the weekend that um, I think Longhorn football fans had a lot of thoughts about. We'll talk about that coming up. Also, uh, thanks to those who let me know. I mentioned the uh, Netflix docu-series. They purchased $50 million for the story of Jerry Jones. And I, I opined, was it going to be kind of a follow him for the season? No, it's actually going to be detailing his scrapping together all of his nickels to buy the Dallas Cowboys in the late 80s and then the 90s run. With the three Super Bowls and the falling out with Jimmy Johnson, that's going to be the documentary, apparently. That it's not about the now, it's about the what? The, the, the past. Much like for J- Michael Jordan and the Bulls, it was mm-hmm. about the, uh, the final year, right? The last year run, but it documented the entire course of Michael Jordan's rise to the greatest player of all time. Uh, that course docuseries was a huge hit. And uh, Netflix is banking that this one can be that. This too. won't be
1: up on Harry Hines or anything like that. No, well, Jerry
2: Jones is a I mean, what what do you need? Interesting characters. He's an, he's as interesting as they get, and his his uh, buying of the Dallas Cowboys. And remember, I'm sure we'll learn because I, you know, I've had conversation with Craig Way. You've heard Craig talk about you know the buying of the Cowboys. That Jerry Jones, one of the reasons there were other people trying to buy the Cowboys, right. and he was not the highest bidder to buy the Dallas Cowboys, but one of the the stipulations for the, the owner selling the Cowboys was you had to fire Tom Landry. Like, yeah. like you, well, I'm not selling like, you this no. team unless you're going to fire Tom Landry because no. he's got to go. And all the, the other ones were like, I'm not firing Tom Landry. I'm going to buy this team and Jerry fire said, Tom Landry. And Jerry's like, I'm in. I got Sign him. me up. I got him. I'll fire that dude while he's on the golf course in Austin. <laughs> I got that dude. Classy, I don't need class. I'll fire the guy. I need no. Jimmy Johnson up in here, my former college teammate. So, yeah, I can't wait to see that. So Netflix is starting that, that docu-series and the, the the stream service is paying fifty million dollars for the project. Does that go to, to to Jerry? I keep reading that they're paying. What is that? They're, they're paying him for it. That's what they're.
0: The, Netflix
1: the, is paying him. Yeah, right, I'm assuming, exactly. right?
0: I think they're paying NFL Films for it.
2: Well, I'm sure Jerry's getting a big cut of that. I'm sure, the NFL
0: pay, Films paid him, and well, now they're. Well, remember selling the Michael it Jordan?
2: Michael Jordan owned the rights to all of that footage that was used to right. make the movie. And so it was until his approval was given that they could make the. That's why it took so long to make uh, the Michael Jordan uh, docu series. Well, it was and done
0: for a while, right? He was just they were
2: just waiting on his. Well, he had to. Hey, he had to a final it. approval. Yeah. Well, you wonder if Jerry Jones, because Jerry Jones is going to have to provide and approve them to use a lot oh, of footage yeah. that he has the rights to. I'm assuming, um, but yeah. So that's interesting. That came out uh, over the weekend as well. Hope you had a great Fourth of July celebrating our. Nation's birthday yesterday on Independence Day. A lot coming out of it. Uh, baseball, football. And uh, the picture I mentioned, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you saw it, Buck. The, the five quarterbacks, the quarterback room at Texas in the weight room. Did you see this picture? Yeah, I tied? did.
1: I saw that over the weekend.
2: Okay. So it, it, when you say a picture is worth a thousand words, it's just a, a lot of thoughts that come to your mind. It's a picture of the Texas five quarterbacks. They all are in gym shorts and their shirts are off. And obviously they've been working out. And they all flexed for the camera. And there they are. So, initial thoughts, Quinn Yours has redone his, rebuilt his body. He looks in, to be in great shape as a quarterback, right? Arch Manning, I mean, that guy works out. I mean, he's got 12-pack. He's got the, like the Rod Babers 12-pack from when Rod Babers was playing cornerback on the 40 acres. He's looking good. And Malik Murphy looks like a defensive end.
1: Dude, it looks like Terminator.
2: <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, this dude is... Put him on the edge. He's got some tree trunks for legs. I know. I mean... You know, if, if reports are true and Arch Manning is literally 6'4", well, that would tell you that Malik Murphy's probably 6'7 right now. At least 6'6 and a half. Because they're standing in a line, and Malik Murphy's on the far left, and he's kind of standing to his side, and he's got this sh- shotgun of a right guns. arm. Yeah. that guy. If you said, okay, which one of these guys is your defensive end, you'd say, oh, that's that guy. No, he's your backup quarterback. So... You know, and Quinn is you know slimmed down, and he looks to be in good shape too. He's cut he his does. hair. He's cut his hair, and obviously we would agree that the the ceiling for this Texas football team this year, it's injuries, and then it's the the ceiling at quarterback and how good Quinn yours can be. Well, if those dudes are pushing you, I, mean, I think you better better be on point.
1: The rest of you better be in good shape then, if your quarterbacks are looking th- like that.
2: I gotta think there are NFL personnel looking at Malik Murphy going, who is that monster?
1: Where has he been?
2: <laughs> what? That's a quarterback? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and and your man Arch Manning, he's in good shape. He does. He's in better shape than his uncles.
1: Well, yeah, he's built a little different than those dudes.
2: Yeah, and you know, they I, played
1: with dad bods.
2: Well, you know, Arch, we we know kind of like Ty over there likes to go out on the lake on the boat with oh, there you uh, go. Michael Taff and those guys. He likes to get out there. So you want to look good. Want to look good. Want to look good. A So that uh, in the middle. That's the kid from Austin High, correct? Charles Wright. Charles Wright. And I don't know who the, the fourth guy I is. I think that's the kid from Hyde Park. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Those are your five quarterbacks at Texas. I'll, I'll retweet that picture. But uh, it was Malik Murphy, who's, by the way, his Twitter account is SMV Operator. Smooth Operator. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> He's the one They're looking the like
1: Tarzan, but who are they going to play like? Well, that's the question. That's the question.
2: Um, but yeah, Malik. That that's the that's the biggest impression is that dude is big, because Arch Manning is six four, right? So you start with him, and Malik Murphy looks down on him at a lot of levels. I don't. Uh, that's a big dude. So that was a cool picture that that dropped over the weekend. Longhorn football fifty nine days out. That game with the Rice Owls. Big Twelve football media days is in one week, uh, Wednesday and Thursday of next week. Up at speaking of Jerry Jones, Cowboys Stadium in Arlington is where it will come.
1: Yeah, that group right there would have a good pose off against other quarterbacks, well, quarterback rooms. I would think Stetson Bennett would lose.
2: <laughs> Does Stetson Bennett have his degree yet from Georgia? If we get I don't that done, so. come on, man, he was there seven years. Let's get Not a degree. Playing up in of here.
1: School up in here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, there you go. So that is Longhorn football news. The recruiting trail busy with um, like the biggest name that they committed. Daniel Cruz was a big one last week. You were on your birthday. He committed, Buck. Mm-hmm. He's an offensive lineman. Who I think that uh, Kyle Flood, the Longhorn offensive line coach, projects as his center of the future. Like he's here's the one thing about Daniel Cruz, North Richland Hills, which is kind of a suburb between Fort Worth and Arlington. He is he has started at a six a at a big high school since his freshman
1: year. Yes, he started and been started. a starter.
2: So he's advanced in his tec- technical skills of the offensive line. He's kind of grown into his body and. You know, a guy that that is that intelligent and understands the techniques of offensive line, the leverage of offensive line to that level, um, that's somebody that that Kyle Flood coveted and got Daniel Cruz to commit last week. And then there's the Lucas Lovejoy four-star wide receiver, Parker Livingstone. Um, You know, another one of these receiver additions. Longhorn legacy Alex January, who plays at that Duncanville school. That's Mm -hmm. important because Steve Sarkeesian and the staff continue to do very, very well in South Dallas. Uh, Duncanville, South Oak Cliff. I mean, those schools, you've got to do well, uh, I mean, in the state of Texas, in that area, and the Longhorns are building a pipeline into South Dallas. That's some of the most fertile recruiting territory in the country, and the Longhorns are doing well there. And then the IMG Academy defensive back, Jordan Johnson-Rubell, is a four-star safety. Um, he, is, he committed, and he's a kid from Fort Worth originally, who's going to play his senior season at the IMG Academy. So the class is now 12.
1: Yeah, they're starting to make Florida one of their fertile recruiting grounds too, right now. Well, that,
2: that I that's I think that's the third player from IMG who have committed to Texas mm-hmm. in this cycle.
0: Uh, i not. Yeah, we, I don't want to go back to the Charlie Strong days where that's all we were recruiting was for Florida. But.
2: Well, I mean, start you know Charlie was going to bring his his strengths. Right? Those were yeah, and that's his where his recruit. strongest recruiting ties outside of and and Charlie never you know he tried to build Texas recruiting ties that. You know, that was a challenge for him uh, to get ground within the high school coaches in the state of Texas. Uh, but, you know, Sark seems to have found that. And, um, you know, they're recruiting nationally. They'll go coast to coast to recruit what they need to. Uh, and that's a good thing when they're adding into the SEC. And believe me,
1: Sonny Dice does not like Texas up in TCU area, up in there at Arlington and mm-hmm. Fort Worth area, yeah. which are a lot of prospects there.
2: You know, that, that South Dallas I-20 corridor, mm-hmm. I mean geez, Louise, all you got to do is watch the state championship games every year at different levels. Uh, They've got some dudes. And obviously the biggest of those names out of South Dallas is Colin Simmons, the pass rusher who will play a senior year at Duncanville this year. He's the state's best player, and there are a lot of people who believe he is a Texas lean, that he is uh, leaning Texas. Now, again, uh, other fans of other programs will say the same, I think, but um, there's a lot of belief within even the independent recruiting analysts that say that Colin Johnson – the Longhorns have made him their Arch Manning of this cycle, right? Arch Colin Manning, Simmons. I mean. Colin Simmons. Yes. Arch Manning was the number one focus of last year. Uh, Colin Simmons is uh, for and sure. The, and the question now, as we're into July, is will these kids commit before they? St- I mean, they're either going to commit before they start fall practice, and you know, once the fall practices begin in August and the two a days and that stuff, you know, most kids are going to focus on their senior year and lock it in and they'll commit after the season's over. And a lot are are finding that because we're going to make runs into the state playoffs and that butts right up into the early recruiting window, that let's just get this thing out of the way. If I know now, let's just do it, Uh, like Arch Manning did last year, like these 12 are doing right now, that let's just make this happen. And that's that's the uncertainty of Colin Simmons from Duncanville is, does he do it before fall camp begins? Because they'll go deep. Yeah, oh, gosh yes, uh, they are one of the team's favored to, to go very, very deep in the high school football playoffs. So we will follow that as it develops through July. One week from today will be the Big 12 Football Media Days. Uh, seven teams each day, the Wednesday and Thursday of next week, the Longhorns' final season in the Big 12 Conference. Awesome. So, and as we told you, we will not be up there live, but the entire rest of the Horn staff will be up there live. And the only reason we aren't going up is because there's nothing happening in the mornings. The Big Twelve has announced that media days and all the the interviews and players and coaches will begin about lunchtime. So it'll run from like noon to. And 7. these
1: guys aren't getting up early, Ty. Need to be there at eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning. Nope. Well, I
2: think I think it makes sense to get it more on primetime windows within you know ESPN and the cable news, right? Uh, noon to 7 is kind of how they're going to do it, right through drive time, which means if if we were to go up for the two days, we'd be sitting in an empty building and there wouldn't be much happening for our four hours of coverage. So we'll just sit back and uh, we'll have great guests. We'll have full coverage of Big 12 football media days from Austin, but at the same time, light the tower, uh, Zay and Chad, and of course, Ball Don't Lie will be up there live. All morning and all afternoon, bringing you the the sights and sounds of Big Twelve football media day. Yeah, Zay and Chad
1: will be up there the whole day. I mean, that's a that's that'll sweet. go from twelve to seven. and Rod, oh yeah,
2: and yeah. Rod will be there too, and uh, locking it in with great conversations, interviews with the uh, you know four new teams. You know, so, you know, and I should mention that Texas has announced who they are taking to Big Twelve football media days, and it kind of gives you an early indication of who the uh, the the leadership on this team is. Right, if the coach is going to take them to mm-hmm. meet the assembled media, you kind of know where you're going. The Longhorns are not surprisingly. For the first time, though, since Sam Ellinger taking a quarterback, and that'll be Quinn Yours. Quinn's going to be there, and he'll be a, a, a much-talked-to player. Jalen Ford, of course, the leader on defense and middle linebacker. Xavier Worthy will be going. Jade Barron and Jordan Whittington. Uh, those are your five Longhorns that will be taking in Big 12 media next week, along with Steve Sarkeesian. X-Man, Quinn Yours. wonder if they're still roommates. We'll find that out next week. Are they still – remember, they were roommates last year. Yep. Uh, Jalen Ford, who um, – middle of your defense – uh, it has to be kind of the centerpiece. That's a guy I, I said last week, Buck, is probably the most indispensable Longhorn defensive player. You, if you're, you you do not want anybody to get injured. But that's a guy that if you, that's the that's the heartbeat of your defense. And the drop off between him and what you would have behind him, pretty steep. Uh, that guy needs to stay healthy this year for the Longhorns. He was such a big play uh, and big play maker for the Longhorns last year. And Jade Barron, Longhorns believe is going to emerge as as you know that very deep. Oh yeah. Secondary now.
1: I think it's very deep.
2: And then of course Jordan Whittington, who made the decision to come back, and wants to lead that wide receiver room, along with X Man and uh, Isaiah Nayer and Ad Mitchell. Uh, so, but those are your five. You only take five Longhorns, Those are the five that are going. Uh, we're looking forward to that next week. All right, we'll come back. We'll pick it up with the uh, hot or not topics, including uh, it's a national day that we all like. It's also uh, you see the video of the multiple people stuck upside down on a roller coaster. This was frightening. We'll get you details. You were talking about sharks earlier.
1: Dude, I saw the one roller coaster that had, and the pillar was cracked.
2: Ooh, I'll get you details on this and for how long they were upside down. That's coming as well. It's B&E on a busy Wednesday. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is
0: brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at TXOrtho.com to learn more and to schedule
2: an appointment. It is hot and not on this Wednesday. Already to midweek now to start your work week for a lot of folks who enjoyed the four-day weekend. As we did, it's great to be back with you and recapping the weekend that was, including uh, today, Buck. January uh, July fifth is National Bikini Day. Maybe you saw some bikinis over the weekend, Ty? Yeah, a oh, couple few. Few. You're out right on the boat this on weekend, boat, yeah. or are you Party up? Cove. Party Cove. Ooh, Party Cove. One of these days. One of these days to be young and young and single like Ty over there. Party Cove.
1: I did not see any bikinis. Only the ones I saw on Shark Week. Went to our uh, neighborhood. New pool. York beaches. And people are scrambling out of there.
2: We did the annual Fourth of July neighborhood pool burgers and dogs thing, so saw a few bathing suits yesterday for sure. Uh, did not see Joey Chestnut win the hot dog eating contest. Somebody said you guys know that he throws up right after every competition, like right after. I did not know this. Is this true? Like he just goes. Well, and, you have to can,
0: you have to hold it in for a certain amount of time. Okay, it's disqualified.
1: Well, I can understand that. You're,
0: or you're Joey's out. got
1: a big old snaggle tooth. You need to see Doctor Eckert, too. He's got a big <laughs> old. Sna- Maybe that's the one he holds one hot dog in, holds it with that tooth. Why eat the others?
2: We also had this important piece of information yesterday from the hot dog eating contest. The president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Sausage. There is, yeah, there is such a thing. Says Duck no, sausage? Says uh, unequivocally that no one over 18 should be putting ketchup on hot dogs. Hey, now. No Big one over dog. 18. He said if you put ketchup on your hot dog, uh, it's criminal. It's criminal. Uh, it's just mustard and relish. That's yeah. all I put on my hot dog. Uh, he says, no, you're doing it wrong, Then you're doing it wrong. Ketchup is for french fries, There you go. hot dogs. Uh, and I know people who put ketchup on their eggs. Patrick Mahomes puts ketchup on his steak, and that's criminal. That is criminal. This is criminal, too. How about this? Uh, you, you're not a big fan of the, the thrill rides, the roller coasters? No. Uh, in Wisconsin, eight passengers were left stuck upside down on a roller coaster for several hours because of a mechanical failure at the Forest County Festival. I saw a video of this on the news last night. This is horrifying. It's one of these little circle rides, and they're up on like in the oval. And,
1: and it stopped at the oval, right? Stopped, hanging
2: three hours. Nah, <laughs> really? I just let it, I
1: just let it loose, and get it over with,
2: dude. That would be just the patience to to wait that out, and upside down, so the blood's all rushing to your head.
1: Well, one dude filmed while he was going around one of a huge crack in a oh man, no a roller coaster, there. and you can see the whole thing move. As the crack moved, too, I mean, it was a monstrous crack. I mean, I don't know how they didn't see that way before that, but they shut that bad boy down. That's me. I'm the guy who's on the cracked roller coaster. You know, one in a gazillion. Can't hit the lottery, but I'm the guy on the roller coaster. Look the The crack. <laughs>
2: the crack. Well, I'm sure Ty saw some cracks at the party code. Oh, cove I bet he did. Oh, yeah. On bikini day. Because now they wear them, like, right up there, man. It doesn't even matter. Damn. They don't, they don't no. cover anything. They just slide it up there. Uh, movieweb.com Ty put out the a list of the twenty five funniest movies ever made. 20, twenty-five. Movieweb dot com. And their top ten, number one on their list is Groundhog Day.
1: Really? Yeah. Seriously. That is horrible. Is that possible? I yeah. would think Caddyshack would be had to be in the top five. Caddyshack
2: is twenty five on their list. What? Yeah. Step brothers on there? Uh, I'm just going to give you the top ten. We'll go through more of this coming up. Wow. How about Some Like It Hot, 1959? Never seen this film. Apparently it's very funny. It's number two on their list. Dazed and Confused with The Great Matthew McConaughey, The Minister of Culture, number three on the list. The Princess Bride, 1987, is number four. Monty Python and the Holy Grail, 1975.
1: The Piss Boy.
2: 1974's Young Frankenstein is number six. Anchorman, 2004 with Will Ferrell, number seven. Super Bad, 2007, number eight. Number nine, Doctor Strangelove. By the way, really? if you had told me that was a comedy, I wouldn't know that. Uh, and then 1940s, Hey Girl. Hey Girl Friday. Well, it's like Days and Confuse is number two on there, and
1: that's not a comedy. Yeah.
2: No, that Chevy Chase.
1: No, no vacation.
2: Like Office Space is number 20 on the list. The Hangover is number 19. I will say that for movies I saw in a movie theater, The Hangover is as funny a movie oh, yeah. I've ever seen. Because here's the one thing I knew about The Hangover I hadn't seen any preview for it. I had no idea what we were walking into. And it that's was the best. I it. Like, and it was when it was just yeah. like literally like the the Mike Tyson Tiger scene and all that stuff, I don't I I I hadn't seen any preview for this movie. So I was like, this that was so funny. That's hard to
1: believe that's not a top fiver.
2: That's number twenty. Uh, and number eighteen is South Park, bigger, louder and uncut. Airplane is number seventeen. <laughs> Which that is as funny a film. Oh I mean, my goodness. Every line is meant to make you laugh, and it usually does. Um Bridesmaids is in the top 20. Um, what else do we have here? Something called Duck Soup. Yeah, so there you go. Those are your top.
1: Dr. Strangelove.
2: I'm out on that list.
1: No, There's I'm not. Stanley with that Kubrick.
2: List Stanley Kubrick film, Dr. Strangelove. All right, Ty, what do you have for us in Hot or Not on this uh, Wednesday that feels like a Monday? Um,
0: have you ever have you ever seen
2: Michael Rubin's?
0: You know who that is, right? The owner, the owner of 76ers, Michael Rubin. He has a 4th of July party every year. You see this, uh, Michael Rubin? Okay, is it out in like Hollywood? Um It's maybe it's in. I think it's in like this. It's in the Hamptons. Okay, oh, it's in the okay. Hamptons. But the it's reason on Broad
1: Street in Philly. Uh,
0: no, it's not. But he uh, is it the white party? Yes, he makes everyone wear white. Okay, and some of the biggest like Tom Brady is there, Travis Scott, Ben Affleck, and J Lo, Jay Z, okay. Dave Chappelle. Ooh, what's are you hot? Like, what's the white? This seems like an Illuminati kind of get together to me here.
2: Well, they're all in white. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at some pictures now. You know,
1: looks Maybe like it's a fun first Party communion for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: true. It's I'm, true. Not, I'm not hot on the white look though. I don't you know, know. It's just a color. It's it's a summer. It's a summer color. You know and, what I'm but saying? aren't you supposed to? What's the deal with Labor Day in white? You, know, you, you can't wear it after Labor
1: Day. After Labor Day, you're all right. Isn't that looks right. like your shoes or something. Yeah, they're I, are, they're good.
0: I'm not a fashionista, but Ooh, now I'm looking I'm at a fan. Michael Rubin's house.
2: Wow. It looks like a pretty fun party. <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> yeah. Looks like something you'd see on
1: Entourage or something.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um hot on it, fine. I wouldn't go, I don't think. I Maybe mean, I would never. If you get invited. were invited, you wouldn't go.
1: I would go. Yeah. If I was invited. And my wife let me go. <laughs> I'd go. So I'd be up in there. You're assuming you'd be wife going alone. Let me go. Yeah.
2: Oh, this is I'd du- be up
1: in there in all white. I like it. If they there in a diaper, if you ask me to go. <laughs>
2: By the way, CB loves ketchup and mayonnaise on his hot dogs. That's a late, mm. great Sean Adams grossness. Mayonnaise
0: on hot dogs. What's that cheese? That's like it's the Mexican like it's like almost like powder coja. coja? Ooh, on, like cheese cheese whiz. No, it's like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce Dude, I don't play
1: it. Play with a hot dog. They're throwing, throwing it on there this weekend. Go. Very good.
2: I don't mind cheese on a hot dog. A little cheese, cheese and peppers. Bad. I mean, I think some some of my favorite hot dogs have chili and cheese on them, like a chili cheese dog. Ooh, yeah. Those are dang good. Hey, uh, we're talking food, football, baseball, all kinds of great stuff. We'll keep it going with you on a Wednesday. Glad to be back. Glad you're with us on B&E.